Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Tonight we're going to look uh, once again at our uh, series of services that we're looking at songs and uh, where do you find songs in the bible psalms right that's right uh tonight i want to share with you uh something that guys do particularly and that is that we have a hard time going to the doctor whenever we have something wrong with us uh uh, we were talking about uh, that this morning with, uh, uh, I remember uh, when uh, Robin and I were first married, uh, we were out in Texas and I had a kidney stone. And I was in a world of hurt with a kidney stone. I know uh, what that's like uh, to have a kidney stone. Robin thought I was having heart problems because I was hurting so much. I couldn't lay down because it was hurting so bad. I couldn't sit up. I was hurting so bad. I was just hurting all and and we didn't think anything of it being anything like a kidney stone because I was hurting in my back and not you know where you usually think of hurting when you have a kidney stone but uh, anyway guys we tend to have a hard time. Uh, I grew up in a household where if blood wasn't coming out of you somewhere you didn't worry with going to the doctor i mean if you you could be you could have a temperature of 110 and uh mom and dad would expect you to get out and uh, do what you always did before uh, uh i mean uh i i remember a lot of that kind of thing you just were supposed to suck it up and go on about your business but uh and i guess that's partly why i'm the way i am in terms of of having a tendency not to go to the doctor when I should, but uh, diseases are something that, that are a part of life and a part of, of our society. Uh, the top uh, doctors tell us there are three diseases that uh, have done devastating things, sicknesses, are sicknesses. And uh, the top three, the first one is... Uh, one that hasn't been out there in ages, but it did a devastate. Can you imagine uh, a, a good portion, a sickness that takes away a good portion of, of the population? Uh, the first is called the Black Death, known as the plague. It uh, happened almost 700 years ago, so we tend to not think about it too much. But I, I remember reading in the paper uh or uh, in the news not too long ago about a case in which someone had the plague. Uh, and, it, and it all stemmed from a, a disease that was carried by rats and fleas. Uh, but 75 million people, 60% of the population of Europe, died as a result of it. 60%. That's a huge number. 75 million people died. Um, and it uh, it had a great uh, effect on uh, people uh, all over the world, not just in Europe. 
The second disease that they listed is a disease that has been eradicated, but all of us have heard of smallpox. And smallpox in the 1800s uh, had a, a tremendous uh, 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 impact from 1880 to uh, 1980. It killed about 500 million people until it became the first disease to be eradicated from the earth. Smallpox. Uh, this uh, affected uh, not only the average people, but it filled, it killed five European kings in the 18th century alone. And 80% of the children uh, uh, under five years of age died from this disease. 80% of children five years of age and under died of smallpox. That's, a, that's an amazing... 500 million people died. The third disease that is at the top of the list of diseases that affected uh, uh, people is uh, the HIV AIDS virus that has uh, killed... Uh, 75 million people are now infected with uh, AIDS and 36 million people have died as a result of that disease. Uh, thankfully, there are drugs and, and drug regimens that are making it uh, more survivable uh, than it has been in the past. Uh, but it, it is one of the most devastating diseases uh, that has existed right along there with the plague and, and smallpox. There's one last disease <coughs> that I'll mention, and that is uh, sin sickness. All of us have been uh, infected by uh, that disease, and uh, that's the, the disease that we want to talk about tonight, uh, being sin sick. Um, tonight we're going to look at a, a psalm that is written by someone who was sin sick. Uh, one of the things that is amazing about the Bible and about uh, the things that we know about uh, the Bible is, is that there are uh, some tremendous figures in the Bible. There are tremendous people that are mentioned throughout the Bible. One of the, uh, the most well-known individuals in the history of Israel, uh, the primary people, Abraham, Moses uh, are uh, key figures in the history of Israel. Then you get into the history of Israel as the, after they became a nation. Uh, and one of the top individuals that's mentioned is King David. And we know a lot about King David. And he, of course, is idolized for the fact that he was, went from a shepherd boy to killing Goliath to uh, becoming a great general. And he... Uh, led campaigns and and enlarged the holdings of Israel and uh, took Israel the the nation of Israel to be uh, uh, into the golden age uh, as they entered into the golden age with Solomon uh, his son, but David is uh, most notorious for one other thing, is he not? And that is the sin that he committed. Wouldn't it be awful to be someone that is known for his sin? 
David is with all of his greatness and all of his uh, 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 accomplishments as king. Uh, one of his greatest uh, things of notoriety is his foible of committing a sin. Psalm 51 is a psalm that we're going to look at tonight. And it is the psalm that David wrote after he was uh, approached by Nathan the prophet who came and, and exposed his sin. You know, it, it's an amazing thing. As long as our sin stays secret, we want to hold that sin and hide it and we want to guard it. But once it is made known, we, it's not until it's made known that we're willing to deal with that sin. And here in Psalm 51 is David's... Uh, uh, he writes this psalm as a prayer uh, of asking God for forgiveness for his sin. And this is one of his uh, more well-known psalms. And you can just feel the brokenness that David is expressing in this psalm. And, and it is uh, it's a tremendous psalm uh, for us to read. Uh, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Listen to the words that David expresses as he expresses his the pain of his sin. You can just hear it in the Word. He says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of, my tender, of Thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me of my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee alone have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight and that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide my face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and upon uh, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of Thy righteousness. O Lord, open thy li uh, my lips, and my mouth shall show forth Thy praise. For Thou desirest not a sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices are God, are broken spirit, and a broken and contrite heart. O God, Thou wilt not despise." Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion, 
and build thou the walls of Jerusalem, and thou shalt uh, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness and the burnt offerings and the whole burnt offerings. And then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altars. So here we have an image of David as he comes before God. And David knows that he's been found out because Nathan has made it clear unto him. If you go back to uh, 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 the old... Uh, Further back in the Old Testament, uh, where this is dealt with in in uh, the life of David, you'll you'll read how uh, Nathan came to him and he said to him uh, about he said, "I want you to judge uh, this situation with uh, for me." And he said, "There's a man who." Had uh, who was a wealthy man, and he had a neighbor that was very poor. The wealthy man had a great flock of, of sheep, and, and the poor man had just one sole sheep. And he said a, a friend came knocking on the door late at night uh, to the wealthy man, and, and uh, the wealthy man wanted to put a lamb before his uh, friend, so he went and he stole the sheep uh, from his neighbor, and and prepared that lamb for him, even though he had a great wealth of land uh, of sheep to to draw from. And David was outraged. Remember, and he said um, uh, he pronounced judgment upon the man and and proclaimed that he should die uh, for his. He, first of all, he said he had he should uh, uh, repay what he has taken from him. Uh, but he also uh, declared him uh, that he should die for his uh, transgression. And Nathan said, you are that man. So David knew he was found out. He knew that, that others were aware of his sin and transgression. And so he comes to God in that despair of being aware that others are uh, know of his sin. And he knows that there's nothing that he can say to God uh, to justify his actions. Remember, he, he saw Bathsheba as he was uh, strolling around on his, uh, uh, on his rooftop and he saw Bathsheba bathing and he found out that she was married to Uriah and he, had, uh, Uriah, uh, he laid with her and, and then uh, he found out that... Uh, that uh, she was pregnant, and so he tried, instead of uh, being sorry for his sin at that point, he tries to cover it up by calling for Uriah to come home from battle. And uh, Uriah, rather than going home, sleeps uh, at the gate of the palace uh, with all the other servants and will not go home. He even gets Uriah drunk in order to try and get him to go home, and he still doesn't go home. And so he puts Uriah at the front of the battle and sends, sends his death notice back with Uriah to the captain of the army and says, put Uriah at the very front uh, in harm's way, and then when the battle is overwhelming, pull back and leave Uriah alone so he'll surely die. And so that's what happens. And Uriah, uh, one of his... Uh, greatest, most valiant, and loyal soldiers dies as a result of, of trying to just cover up his sin. And so Nathan comes to him and says, uh, uh, this is your sin. Uh, you are that man who has stolen the sheep. 
And uh, the implication is, is that he should have that same punishment to him. And so David goes to God and he says to God, Have mercy upon me. And this really, this psalm, if you want to uh, uh, have a clear way of, of asking for forgiveness, this is a great psalm that helps us to see uh, the kind of heart that we should come. Remember, that David is... is described as a man after God's own heart. And yet he sinned against God. And here he is, he's coming to God and he's saying, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness and according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And so, first of all, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God. David, very the very beginning doesn't say, God, please forgive me. He says, have mercy according to your loving kindness, according to your grace and your mercy, according to your goodness. The multitude of thy tender mercies, according to your tenderness. He says, secondly, uh, he, so first of all, he points out the mercy of God and he, and, he, and he praises God for His mercy and for His grace. And he says, God, forgive me according to your graces, not according to what I deserve, not according to what I've earned, but according to your greatness, have mercy upon me. Then he says, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. And so David prays for God to forgive him and acknowledges his sin. One of the things that we tend to do when we have sinned in our life is that we tend to want to uh, just say, God, forgive me of my sin. Oh, God, forgive me. And, and one of the things that, that I've heard a lot is and we really shouldn't do this is when people are praying to God they'll a lot of times say God forgive me of all my sins God forgive me of everything I've done and, and God forgive me of all the things I hadn't done and God forgive me of, of all the things I should have done God wants us to be specific about our sins because it acknowledges that we are aware of where we have messed up. It puts complete blame upon us. It's just like when you go to your parents, uh, to uh, a child goes to his parents and say, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, do you really know what you're sorry for? Are you sorry because you got caught? Or are you sorry because you're about to be punished? Or are you sorry because of what you did? And why? You... And so for us to acknowledge what we've done wrong states the fact that we are making it plain that we acknowledge that we have done wrong and this is what we've done wrong. And God, by stating what we have done wrong, we are saying to God that we will attempt not to do that sin again. God, I I'm, uh, plead for your forgiveness for this because I, I know I've sinned. And David says, look, uh, in verse 4, he says, God, this sin is against you. 
And David says, against you and you alone. Really, David? You killed a man. You committed adultery with his wife. Uh, uh, don't you think maybe you sinned against Uriah and, and sinned against the people of Israel uh, who entrusted you as king? Well, maybe as king he had divine right to, to take anybody he chose, but uh, David said, no, it's against God. And ultimately, all of our sin, no matter what we do and who it is against, it is a sin against God. And so when we plead for forgiveness from God, <coughs> we ought to acknowledge that we have hurt God. That's a statement that some people have a hard time dealing with. That your actions could affect God. Well, wait a minute. Is it, uh, isn't God uh, greater than all, uh, everything and, and more powerful than anything? Yes. Then how is it that my sin... Uh, you know, that's part of understanding why we should not sin and growing in, in desiring not to sin is growing into the realization that my sin hurts God because He loves me and wants me to do what He knows is right and I know is right and what, is God, what God wants me to do. And so we have to acknowledge, and un- acknowledge the sin that we've committed and understand how, it affect- how that sin affects God and how it hurts God. And David says, "...against thee and thee alone have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and to be clear when thou judgest." And David says, "...God, I understand I've wronged you." And it is you who has the right to judge me for what I have done to you. And that's really the ultimately the truth. Any sin that we commit is against God. And it is His uh, because we have done that sin against Him that He has the right to judge us. And David says, you have the right to judge me. Behold, I... And David says, look, not only am I guilty of this sin, I was born in sin, and, and throughout my life I, I am a sinner. And David is saying, look, this is who I am. I'm not trying to hide. I didn't slip up. I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, just happen to fall into this. This is a part of, of the sinfulness of who I am. And, and we need to admit to God our sinfulness when we plead for forgiveness. David says, uh, th- this is a sin against you, and I have I've been uh, uh, in iniquity since I was conceived. And he says in verse 6, But you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And so David is saying, God, lather me up. Wipe me, wash me down. Make me clean. I think it's significant that he says, purge me with hyssop. Where do we see hyssop in the Bible mentioned? It was hyssop that was used on the doorframe as the children of Israel were in Egypt. And, they, and the blood of the lamb that was uh, slain on the Passover night that was 
uh, consumed as they were waiting for the death angel to come by. They were to take a hyssop branch and they were to dip it in the blood and use it on the on the uh, door frame of the dwelling. And and it, it was like a, a paintbrush. He said, and David is saying, God, take that hyssop and just lather it on me good. Uh, wash me and cleanse me. Uh, uh, just completely cover me with your blood that I might be clean. He says that I might be whiter than snow. And then he says, and this is, and this is important for us to understand the turn that he's, he makes in the next verse. David has been pleading for mercy and praying that God will wash him and cleanse him. And that's, that's something that we might do when we go to God and ask for forgiveness for our sin. Oh God, please forgive me of this. God, I understand that, that I've done something wrong. Make me clean. Purify me. But what we forget to do is what David does next. David turns on a dime because now after he pleads for cleansing, now he begins to rejoice because of what God has, has done. He says, Make me to hear the joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. He said, Why is he rejoicing now all of a sudden? Because he's been made clean. He says, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. He begins to speak about uh, this renewal that comes. And it be immediately begins to speak about the joy that comes with being cleansed. We get so caught up in our sin and pleading for forgiveness that we act as if a lot of times that we're still not clean after God's cleansed us. After we plead for God to cleanse us, do we not believe that He does? David begins to speak about the joy that comes from knowing that he has been made clean. He talks about uh, a renewed spirit in God. and He says, Cast me not away from your presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. He says... God, give me the joy back that comes with not having a right relationship with You. Restore within me Your Spirit that I might rejoice, that I might be full of joy in my life. Why? Because it's clean all of a sudden. And then he says in the next verse, God, help me to teach others. Help me to learn from my mistake. And help me to teach others from this mistake. Don't let this, this mistake be just simply a sin that, that, I've, uh, that I regret. But Lord, help me to use this as an opportunity to teach others about the way in which they should live. He says, Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Help me to be a, a, a witness and a testimony to others so that I can tell them about uh, how they too can experience the great joy in their life through salvation and forgiveness. He says, Deliver me from uh, blood guilt, uh, guiltness, O God, Thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. 
O Lord, open my, uh, thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. And so David begins to, to praise God for what he has been delivered from. And, he, and, and so often we get so caught up in pleading for mercy and forgiveness, and it's all me, 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 my, 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 I, 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 that we forget to praise God that we forget to rejoice at what God is doing and we forget to ask that God would help us to share with others the lessons that we've learned. Lord, help me to... David says, help me to be a, te a teacher of those so that they might see the joy in me. Open my eyes that I can uh, rejoice... Open my tongue that I can rejoice and sing aloud of Thy righteousness. Open my lips that my mouth shall show forth Thy praise. For Thou desire... David says... Because you don't desire just sacrifice, you desire a changed life. He says, it's not until my life is changed that I truly will be able to offer up a sacrifice to you. It's only until my life is truly changed will my sacrifice be pleasing to you. And really, so often, we think it's the sacrifice that we need to give and then God will forgive us. And David is saying, it's not until I have been cleansed, then I can give my sacrifice to you. It's not, it's not, uh, you're not just looking for burnt, burnt offerings on the uh, offering. You're, God's not just looking for money thrown into the offering plate. God wants a changed heart, a changed life, and a changed way of doing things that has, has us living right according to God's desire for our life. And then our offerings will be accepted before Him. This is how we should approach asking for forgiveness from God. This is the way in which uh, uh, David, who, uh, like I said before, had, had a heart like unto God, pleaded for God for forgiveness. God forgave him. God will forgive us as well. Let's pray. Dear gracious Lord and Father, Lord, we pray that you'll help us in our daily walk to understand how we sh should go about uh, pleading for forgiveness and allowing the joy that, that comes from uh, that forgiveness to fill our life. Lord, help us to be faithful to share with others that they too might experience the same great joy. Help us, Lord, to restore a right relationship with you. Lord, that we might live our life according to your desire and will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.